right. How about, okay, let's just start again. I'm Steve Vessel. I'm Death Metal Dave. I'm Ace. And this evening we have our special guest all the way from New Zealand who keeps, we keep dropping the ball on this one, uh, Jason Leigh Howden. Hey. He's, hey. <laughs> I'm done acting. <laughs> well, we, we, we really wanted to have you on the, on the show tonight. We wanted to talk about like some of your early career, especially, this is a horror movie podcast, but especially Deathgasm and anything you have going on now. Like, I know you have Monsters of Metal, uh, something called uh, Borderlands, Firecracker, and maybe even Deathgasm Part 2, but we'll get into that in a little bit. So let's talk about how did you first get into what you're doing now? Like From high school, from, I mean, you're from what, Greymouth, uh, New Zealand? Yeah. Yeah, so like basically, I was a um, I was a metalhead who got kicked out of school and had to go back to live with my dad and my stepmom. Um, and then I met this other metalhead um, who was like um, he was like taller than me. He was like a violent psychopath who like slept with all the girls. He was basically Zach. I was Brody, and he was Zach. This is fucking great. <laughs> Everything that happened in the movie is true, apart from the demons. And um... <laughs> somebody really got stabbed in school, then, right? It <laughs> happens, man. I the, the dude that did that is actually like in a vocalist in this band. Like he moved to Germany. He's actually like he's actually killing it now. He was crazy. I, I can't say his name, but he was like a psychopath in school. Like holy shit! <laughs> a kid broke his King Diamond tape, and he got like a compass, a little spike, and started stabbing him. Like when we were like thirteen. Hey, that dude deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was crazy and um he ended up working in a music shop and like got me into heaps of metal and then he, he moved overseas and now he's like in, he's like lead singer for this big power metal band he's like um dating hot chicks and yeah that's awesome that's <laughs> fucking crazy don't mess with that guy's uh, abigail album <laughs> <laughs> how did you get hooked up with uh the, with weta um, well, you know, they, they were in town, like when I moved to Wellington, it was like 2002 and it was peak for Lord of the Rings. So the hype was just, when I moved here, everyone I knew had been working as like extras or elves or like working in special effects. So I was like, you know, um, you know, I'm going to, you know, we, we actually moved up here with our band. So we're like, oh, we're going to be big. And then we're like, oh no, shit. We, 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 you know, we weren't big. Uh, we played a few gags. That's the reality of being Relatable. a band. Yeah. Really, really <laughs> sunk in. So I, um, yeah, I, I wanted to work in films. I'd, I'd already been my first job out of high school was like a TV editor and uh, cameraman and basically everything. So, um, yeah, like I, I was like filming Speedway and basketball and like, yeah. So, so that was I, I worked there. Like it was my first job out of high school. So I, like I had the background. I basically I told my girlfriend I was going to work in film and without really thinking about it she's like, oh that's really cool and then i sort of like committed to it i didn't really have any dreams i didn't really think i'd be alive right now honestly it was it's one of those things where <laughs> no no but like, i guess the lifestyle that we used to live i don't know in the 90s we there was just this thing where we were just there wasn't the expectation of you know oh i better start like uh you know um buckling down and and you know saving for retirement it was just you know we were we were wild so it was it was like then you get to like in your 20s you're like oh shit, i better start doing something because i'm getting pretty old <laughs> um but i went to film school and and like the um mid-2000s and i was terrible at like real school but for some reason i was just so interested in film school i think i just i love film so much i was like i just tried really hard and um at the end of the year only two people got picked to direct like um a 16 millimeter feature uh, sorry short film and i was one of the two and 
Um, the script was terrible. It was a terrible ghost film set in like a, um, a Pacific Island where there's a war. Um, kind of a cool concept, but it was a terrible script and all the actors hated the script. And this one actress, like, she'd been on like a margarine commercial, so she thought she was the shit. And she just like, <laughs> she just like came in every day and just like bitched and moaned and she turned the, all the actors against me. She was just constantly saying, oh, the script sucks. You know, what? what is the director doing? Oh. And like... I'd make like I'd cue gunshots and go bang, and she'd like, "That's not loud. How how am I meant to be cued by that?" And she'd like, I, I don't know. She turned everyone against me, and it was like a lesson on, a lesson as a director that if you you've got to like, part of your job is like wrangling that crew, like keeping keeping everyone sort of like on side, and you know you are the boss, you're the captain, and you know like on a boat, like the, if the captain's weak, there's a mutiny. Um, that's that's what happens on a on a film set, and I was definitely weak in that situation. But I wasn't allowed. I didn't write the script. I wasn't allowed to change it. Um, so, and it was a student film. I mean, you know, shit. Like she was cares? taking it way too serious. Yeah. She, she was, like, was taking yeah. it way too serious. It's like this would never happen. On I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it was cool because we got to cut with a Steenbeck, like an old editing sweet you know we actually like cut the film and sell tape it together we were like the last um class to do that so um which gave me a pr appreciation for editing and you know if you make a mistake you've got to like try and find the clipping and tape it back and yeah you see those old videos of george romero and like just piles of film yeah and he's just going he's just clipping and painting and it's like holy shit i think like that's the reason why it's part of the reason why the film's uh, sort of like cut the way they were back then but also like the pacing so different and I, I sort of like the pacing of older films how it's um you know they really take time to introduce characters and you know make them make them really you know you watch the Goonies and the intro just goes on forever but you know you're like you're getting introduced to all these characters and you love them like yeah these guys are awesome and and then I feel like in modern films, it's like there's this thing like, oh, hurry up, skip to the, get to it, get to it. And they don't spend enough time with character development. But that's just my opinion. Um, no, it's it's it's, no, it's true. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're true. That's why nine times out of ten you watch a horror film. It's like, I don't give a shit that that person died. Yeah. yeah. And you've got to give a shit. Like, otherwise, it's just fodder. You know, it's just, um, and I like films where it's just fodder. You know, the Friday the 13th films. But arguably... Even those films, you, you go back and you know, there's, there's still like more character development in some of them. Some of them, um, yeah. I mean, we we all like trash, and we also also like like Amadeus. Yeah. Like I can like fucking Blood oh, Feast, yeah, and then go and, and see fucking Dances with Wolves or some shit. Like I can appreciate both worlds. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, I mean it's um, but yeah. So after after um after film school, I I like it was when like HD was just like. Uh, digital cameras were just good enough to use like they were just you know that that period where everyone sort of had like the um mini dv cameras and then it jumped up and then suddenly i think it was it danny boyle did 21 um 28 days later yeah that changed yeah. a lot of things yeah. man and that was digital but it like and you could tell it was digital in the cinema but it looks like there's something about it that just looks really cool like um and then like so that changed that that movie i think everyone was like um, I think um, there were heaps of rich kids in my film school class. Everyone bought one of those Canon cameras, the XL ones, whatever, like those those yeah. ones that he shot that film on. Like everyone bought one, and um, but yeah, I was super jealous for a while. But you know, I mean, it's uh, 
they they get outdated so fast. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I, like so, he shot like a short film um, with like an HD camera, and then I didn't know how to do visual effects, and I shot it all on a green screen, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit! It's just people walking on a green screen." Um, I've got to like <laughs> pay someone to do the visual effects. No, I should just release like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then I sort of yeah. I uh, taught myself VFX and then um, managed to get a job at Weta working on a kids show, um, which was like great. It was like it was like um, these like CG aliens go to the zoo and there were heaps of monkeys and chimps running around. So part of my job was to paint out the chimpanzee um, cock and balls because you don't want like a <laughs> oh shit put that on your resume. you don't want some little kid like getting scared by like a, a monkey's cock and balls that's gonna be uh traumatizing apparently oh my fucking god jesus christ so i mean when you everyone has this imaginary bullshit whenever they talk about like you know you work for a company it's like oh you work for ilm you see george lucas all the time it's like yeah no yeah <laughs> you're like oh you work you work you work for what you must see fucking peter jackson all the time it's like yeah me and all the other thousands of motherfuckers that work here <laughs> once okay I, I, oh my I, god <laughs> no this is bad i i, I did used to see him like Especially during The Hobbit, because um, I, I almost shut the door on um, Ian McKellen's face as well. Like, I didn't Whoa! see him behind me, and it was like, he's really, oh, the door came towards him. I'm like, oh, shit. Um, but, yeah, so, like, um, during The Hobbit, like, everyone was, like, really stressed out, um, working really hard, long hours. And so I went into the toilets, right, at, at work, and they didn't have a urinal. There was just, like, the stalls. And I went into one of the stalls, and there was just, like, piss all over the floor, right? Uh, I was like, oh man, that's that's disgusting. Like someone pissed, you know, we're professionals. So I, you know, I did my thing and I was just heading out. And then it's that thing where you like, you feel the door, you know, like where someone's opening the door when you're opening it. And on the other side was Peter Jackson. And then I was like, oh, holy shit, it's my fucking hero. Like, because I mean, like, you know, obviously Lord of the Rings is amazing, but I'm, I'm that like, you know, bad taste, brain dead, meet the feebles, man. Uh, you know, three of my favorite films ever. So I'm just like freaking out and, I'm trying to like let him in the door, but also awkwardly get out the way. And and he's just like, and then like as he's going into the toilet, I realize he's got bare feet, and he's about to walk into the. Oh! <laughs> and he thinks it's me. I knew it. I knew it. You're like, it wasn't I wanted me, to man. say, I want to say, like, oh, I didn't do the piss, but then he would, you know, like you'd seem guiltier if you said that, right? Oh wow. god! You just got to leave and get out of the situation as fast as possible at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I hooped it, but I mean, to be fair, like who wears you know bare feet into a toilet? It's not. It's fucking gross. <laughs> it's on you, mate. Hobbits. <laughs> fucking living yeah, the exactly. hobbit life. <laughs> Fuck that. Oh my gosh. So you, uh, like, you dropped out of school like with seventeen years old, and then here you are in your dream job. And like, at least for us, so is that is, where where were you? Where did you see yourself when you actually started going and like I'm going to be in film? Did you see yourself as a filmmaker? Or just a visual effects guy, maybe even like getting getting in the blood and guts. I mean, where where did you think you were you would be now, compared to where you thought you were? I was always obsessed with like um, like the idea of effects. Like when I was a little kid, we just had one of those like old you know film cameras, um, and I was like always like um, I was like making my own vacuum UFO sightings by getting little um, models and um, hanging them with um, wire, like you know, like a little bit of. Um, string and trying to vacuum UFO sightings and um, 
I'd use like my He-Man figurines to make little like films, like you know, just stills. Though I never, we didn't have a camera. That's the thing these days. Every you know, every kid has got access to an amazing HD camera. It's crazy. Like um, people don't remember. Um, you know, I think when VHS cameras came in, that that helped a lot. But they looked like shit. And um, <laughs> shot on VHS. Yeah. yeah, I've heard people. I've heard people just be like talk about like. It's like when I was a kid, just the idea of a camera being somewhere, and like when you just walk, you'd like be in the mall and walk by a store that had a camera and you could see yourself on the TV. Like just that was such a big deal to be like, oh, I'm on that TV right there. Yeah, and now it's just like we've got the best cameras ever right here yeah. in our hand. In I mean, this, this porno machine <laughs> makes fucking phone calls too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that, that's another thing people don't remember: the Sears catalog. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember. Job done. I'm just saying. <laughs> hard times. Uh, man, 90, 90s kids, 80s and 90s kids had it tough. Um, yeah, but you know, like I, I was always obsessed with like, you know, Godzilla movies and Ray Harryhausen, like those stop motion. Um, but I think like there was never there was never the idea that someone who lived in a small town in New Zealand could be anything except white trash. You know, there was no like my I come from a mining family, like my you know, granddad was a coal miner, um, his granddad was a coal or gold miner, you know, my uncle was a coal miner, my dad was like a um a shooter and hunter, so there was never any expectation that I'd be anything but like working in a gas station or, um, you know, um, you know, but like, I think that's, I think that's when I saw bad taste. So I saw bad taste. Like um, it was in this, um, you know, this department store with the wall of TVs and I'd go there after school and just look at video games and look at things. And it's just, I was obsessed with like just looking at the covers and then someone put on bad taste at like after school time on like the wall of TVs. So it's like, it's, I was, you know, 12 or 13 I was just watching like this wall of TVs just the chainsaws and everything and I was like holy shit the, the sheet blowing up it was the best thing ever yeah, but I think the, the coolest thing was like it was he had they had New Zealand accents and that's when I thought like you know if New Zealanders can do that it's not just Americans that can make TV and films New Zealanders can do it as well so it was kind of like a cool moment yeah, that's awesome because everyone always talks about Ozploitation, Oz this, Oz that. You know, and th th it's not like everyone kind of forgets, no offense, but it's like if it wasn't for Peter Jackson, I don't think a lot of people would even think about New Zealand as a, as a film, not not fucking country. And that kind of yeah. sucks, man. Yeah. Well, if the, if the film commission have their way, that no one will ever think of us as a film country. <laughs> oh, fuck. Fun, they fund bullshit, unfortunately. Um, they, yeah, we got, you know, a couple of uh, I mean, like, we got some money for Deathgasm, but, like, um, the Film Commission would give us notes, like, we don't understand. It's like a comedy and a horror? Like, what is that? Yeah. It's like, you don't know what a horror comedy is? What the fuck? Yeah, but you, think about this, though. You, now, your name is going to be synonymous with Peter Jackson when it comes to that sort of thing. Because you, has, like, in Canada, you've, you people think about Cronenberg or uh, Bob Clark, you know, doing Black Christmas and, you know, and Christmas stories and things like that. So, I mean, your name is up there now with Peter Jackson when it comes to, like, horror movies and New Zealand. That's fucking crazy. Whether you think about that or not, it's the truth. No, I mean, I thank you. And and um, it's it wasn't until I went to South by Southwest with Deathgasm that I sort of realized that was New Zealand's reputation for genre fans because people just kept coming up to me like, I love New Zealand horror movies, you know, that they're so like funny and like gross. And and then I realized like the the films that a lot of people know us for like like Black Sheep, um, you know, um, Bad Taste, Brain Dead, What We Do in the Shadows, you know, Housebound. They're all horror movies with like a bit of 
you know, humor and, and also like poking fun at ourselves, like, you know, because New, New Zealanders know we're kind of pathetic. So we love, um, yeah, we House love like, sending ourselves up. I really liked Housebound a lot. That was good, man. Yeah, yeah it was. I mean, Black Sheep, you know, Black Sheep, you know what you're in for. Housebound, I had no idea what I was in for. I really didn't. Yeah. And that, w- that one really made me happy. And, of course, everyone knows what we do in the shadows. But before that, I mean, it's like that's become now the, the norm now. Like, you have a television show. You have the movies. You know, you know we're not – we're swearwerves. Yeah, swearwerves. <laughs> swearwolves. Yeah. Um, so we, I guess we need to dig into fucking Deathgasm, man, because we got to fucking go this balls deep in this movie. It's amazing. It's one of our favorite films. We showed it here in Louisville, Kentucky not too long ago. And a friend of mine, Daniel, uh, is the one who got me in contact with you, and I really have to thank him for that. Oh, yeah, uh, awesome. No, no, that's great. Um, yeah, I so, hope it had a good, great screening. Guys, dig in. Well, you got this, uh, so you won, you got this, it was funded by New Zealand through a contest, right? And you won, like, yeah. for the director, um, which is amazing to me because, like, I think in America, the idea of that the U like the U.S. would give somebody money to make a movie would be insane. Like, it was like, support the arts, what does that mean? <laughs> It's such a great, it's such a great abuse of taxpayer money, but like I love it. Like because yeah. if, they, if they don't, if they don't fart, like if they don't spend the money on like um horrible like exploitation movies, they're gonna they're gonna just like waste it on on something bullshit anyway. So they might as well waste it on me. Um, no, I mean like it, it's it's yeah. All, all my American friends say that like you know because when we bitch about the New Zealand Film Commission, they're like, you guys have got a film commission. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, which is which is good and bad, but like you know, I think in, in in the states, obviously, there's you know so many other ways to get stuff made, and you, you guys just have like such a a system there. You know, you've got like a you know, you guys have been doing it for like you know over a hundred years now, just you know, and, and and it's in place. The um, it, it's it was one thing I learned in Germany was like because filmmaking started in Germany and the states, and Germany's actually got quite a different way of making films than than Americans. Like we do it the American way um but yeah i mean it's it's um yeah the competition was crazy i was working at wetter at the time um and i was thinking i think i was on the third the third hobbit movie and i was just like i'm over this i, I mean I, you know and uh <laughs> you know not, not bitching about my job because i know it's a cushy job compared to some but i was just like i was just staring at gandalf with green screens covered with like those you know the little um uh, red markers and just having to paint them out whenever they went through his hair and do that like for you know uh 12 hours a day go home couldn't sleep sleep for two hours then you know do that you know and keep going six days a week sometimes seven days a week and i was just burnt out Jesus and um then the, yeah this competition came up and i was like you know um what you had to do is just like you know pitch a synopsis like just a one sort of a one-page sheet like um and and so i did one i did three actually uh, the other two would have been a lot easier to make, and then they chose like the hardest one. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, like um, uh, what I didn't know then was like one of the producers was a massive metalhead, and like, um, but yeah, what 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 happened was it sort of um happened as like a voting system. So the the pe- the people with the most Facebook votes um oh. would, would go into the finals, and I was just like. Um, I was just on Facebook all day, just posting the link like everywhere. Just people were like saying, "Stop spamming me with this." I'd say, "You know, vote for us." I was posting <laughs> on, like <laughs> on the Metallica page, like and, and all these band pages, and a lot of people were getting pissed off. But also, we got a lot of votes from it. Um, but 
um yeah i mean it was we we got into like the semi-final quarterfinals and then we had to do like something else like um make a poster so i made a poster and then we got into the semi-finals and then we got into the finals and we had to write a script and um yeah i i wrote it fast like i didn't really i didn't really know where i was going to go with it so it was one of those things where i was just like drinking and you know drunk writing <laughs> that's why it's amazing it went you know and sometimes like there's other ways some people have said to me you know you could have done it more like a juno sort of like a you know um sort of a hipster comedy no, horror which no, could have no. been cool or like something smarter and i'm like it wanted to, the script wanted to be done on purpose and that's what sort of like some people didn't understand is like i didn't want to do something that was like trying to be pretentious and like overly like you know, oh, you know, clever for its own sake. I wanted to do something that was just like honest and, you know, came from, it was almost like channeling the dumb 16 year old metalhead me and putting that um, and mixing it with Evil Dead and putting it on the screen. And like a lot of people were like, oh, this is juvenile. This is, and I'm like, well, yeah, it's meant to be. It's, I'm, I'm glad you said that. It's a compliment. I, if I had made something that was too like, uh, you know, too pretentious, I would have been like, you know, or, you know, there's, you know, I don't think it would have. I, I mean, I was surprised when it gone to South by Southwest. Every every step of the way, I've just been shocked that how successful it's been. Like, and and people are still talking about it. It's like I still every Halloween I get like dozens of people um, posting me pictures of like you know they're dressing up as Brody and Medina and um, you know um, fan art. There was like there's there's oh my god, there's a whole community of like people that ship like James uh, sorry Brody and Zach. And, like they there's like you know, like um, I'm not sure that that type of um manga that's like um, it's like gay manga. Um, there's a name for it, but like, but yeah, there's like um, uh, Brody and Zach like making out, and then there's like all these like fan these fan stories of them making out, and it's like it's hilarious. I love it. Eh? It's um, it's like man. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine if you had like if they had if you made a pretentious heavy metal horror movie, it would be like. A24 presents Deathgasm. Yes. Like, <laughs> this is how Opeth started. Yeah. And uh, I'm that, like, have that, you seen any of these movies? But that's what I appreciate about appreciate about the the film, like the silly stuff, and you know, like 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 the Rick Ashley record and the and the and the, and the Hacks and Sword sleeve, like you know, stuff like that was funny, or just like the nerds talking about D and D, and he's like, it's actually a die, it's not a dice. It's a yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I've you, had that conversation. Based on a real conversation, like that, you know, we um at high school, I was um I was at boarding school, which was fucking horrible. Um, but like the I, I sort of made friends with this group of day boys. Um, day boys meaning like boys that get to go home to their parents instead of like being like beaten um while they're asleep. Oh, they're not lifers. <laughs> <laughs> and um and yeah, they were all like um this bunch of like horror and metal guys that got me into like I I, I sort of knew that I loved horror and metal, but like when I found that group of friends, it, like we would just hang out outside and just chat about like aliens or like, you know, Day of the Dead. And like a lot of them are still my best friends today. You know, I still chat with them like, you know, um weekly, if not daily, you know, that they've gone on to become like you know, um, but yeah, we we they actually gave us like a D and D room at school because we were like getting like um like beaten up and teased too much doing it um anywhere else. And then um at one point, like one of the guys um got into a, an argument with the um the DM and then like punched a hole through the, the wall. And then we weren't allowed to use the room again. 
<laughs> so for those who have not, any of our listeners or viewers have not, don't know what Geth, Geth Yet Gasm is, what was, can you sum it up the best that you can? So it's basically like this, um, this, this metalhead um, teenager Brody goes to live with um, his aunt and aunt and uncle who are heavily Christian in this, this tiny town um, after his mother goes to jail for like, what was it? She was like blowing us, blowing a mall Santa for crack or something. <laughs> um, that's not based on a true story, mom. Um, uh, she's dead. I'm not sure why I'm talking to her. Um, yeah. Uh, but like, um, and then um, uh, he goes on to like form a metal band with these other metal kids. They find like this Necronomicon style, like evil notation music. It's like, <laughs> it's in, it's in like ancient Latin, which they can read. And um of and then they play the music which raises uh all these um uh this these evil dead demons basically and then they've got to save the world which they doomed. That's perfect. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely like Evil Dead, The Gate, a little bit of trick or treat. Like you I make you made I know you've talked about this before, you like you made metalheads, especially in the eighties, more realistic because we were fucking nerds. We weren't yeah. cool. Yeah. We weren't out fucking like doing all the cool chicks all the time. Like that shit. Like we had friends that did that, but mostly we were trying to just fucking walk down the street and went out and get our ass kicked. It's so weird these days. You know, you see like there's like hot girls on Twitch talking about like video games and like and board games and shit. And you're like, where were these girls when I was a teenager? Because like, I mean, even video games, like video games were like kind of cool for little kids, but I think there was this thing where you weren't meant to play video games. You know, and I was into like, you know, Commodore Amiga and, and you know, disc swapping <laughs> and, and that stuff. And like, you'd get a beat down for talking about those sort of games when you're a certain age. Fucking nerd. Yeah. And you're a metalhead. Yeah. So you're a Satanist and you're a nerd. You can't win. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, I definitely wasn't getting laid in college by playing Slayer at parties. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I was just thinking because I was listening to South of Heaven. Um, the guy that I based Sack on, um, he, um, he once seduced this girl. He said, like, he gave her a note that said, um, you must be an angel. Like, oh, what is an angel like you doing so fast south of heaven? <laughs> <laughs> he scored her from that, and she didn't know he was, like, referencing a fucking Slayer song. That's <laughs> fucking great. That's legendary right that's, there. That's, nice. That dude, yeah. Okay, Metal Hall of Fame with that motherfucker. So how did you gather your cast, your crew? Um, I mean, what what were you looking for? Like, just tell, talk about how the beginnings of this movie were, like, before, you know, like, the hard part of actually making the movie is putting all, the, all these fuckers together. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because, like, Guns Akimbo was, like, you know, millions, but it was so much harder. But oh, for some shit. reason, I think there's this thing where, like, you you don't know how hard something is and you're just naive and, or stupid and you just go into it like let's do it and like at no point if, if you actually thought about it like if you were smart you wouldn't do it <laughs> it's, it's sort of an advantage that's what bruce campbell says yeah bruce campbell says it all the time yeah you've got to have like a certain level of just um dumb to be able to like work in this industry because it's fucking crazy like i i worked out like I would have worked. I would have uh, made more money working at McDonald's for like the time I spent rather than work on Guns Akimbo because it was just uh, you know you're always doing it. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So like, um, I won the competition and um, you know, uh, met the producers. One of them was Ant Timpson, who um I knew he was like a movie. Mar he'd run this like movie marathon every year, and like so you spend twenty four hours watching shitty movies. And he was a bit of a legend 
That's he awesome. almost went to jail for bringing like you know that movie Baise Moir. It's like a French, a French movie with like um you know really sickening violence in, in it. And um he they they were the film censor was gonna like send him to jail for uh, playing it, and he was like I'll go to jail for this film. Um he's a bit of a legend down here. He also produced Turbo Kid, Housebound, um, Greasy Strangler. Yeah, Turbo Kid is like, awesome. Oh yeah, that movie's great. <laughs> Turbo Kid rules. <laughs> oh man, I love those guys. They're um I, I was like on the festival circuit with them and like we were sort of like Gore brothers <laughs> and sister. Um yeah, but like I and so like I moved up to Auckland from Wellington, quit my job. Um I think we like um yeah, it was it was it was you know kind of crazy and like it's not like I I didn't we, you know my me and my my wife didn't have much money, but we're just like we'll just do this, you know, and um uh you know, we we set up like the studio in this um in West Auckland. I, I stayed in a haunted house as well. <laughs> uh it was like this uh so like these rockabillies. I'm not sure you guys have you you guys invented rockabillies, you know what rockabillies are like oh, yeah. those sort of yeah. like um yeah, sort of Elvisy goth. Yeah, like psychobilly. Yeah. Psychobillies, yeah. I think they're more like that. They had like this house that they um I think that might have like been an early Airbnb sort of thing, but they were over in the States touring. So I stayed in their house. It was like this old house full of like um taxidermy stuff and like you know, a big American flag, you know. Uh it was a cool place, but yeah, there was either either ghosts or meth heads were walking around that place at night. <laughs> Hopefully ghosts. Why not both? I guess I, I was hoping it would be a ghost, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. But like, yeah, we so, so we like um, worked out there. We we um rented out this old warehouse because it, it was like one hundred and fifty k US dollars, which um, I guess I had no idea how little money that is for a film. <laughs> it's 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 buckle money. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good until you're like, oh fuck, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's only when we I've, I've been sort of like making um so we're sort of the early stages of making death Hasn't too but i'm like you know let's just do it for that amount again and people are like no you can't make films for that much i'm like but we did and it's like no one knows how we made it it's it's just this weird thing where i think everyone involved in the film pulled every remaining favor they had like every sort of last favor they could people were like okay we'll do this one favor for you but never again and i, I think it was like that was it um but like yeah we, we you know we um casting was cool we ended up getting like two power rangers like um yeah um, the power ranger connection in deathgasm it's a real thing <laughs> yeah milo cawthorn and um kim kim crossman i didn't know they were power rangers until like a, a little bit later but i was i loved power rangers when i was a teenager the original series with the but yeah because they just like they film all the stuff with the masks and stunts in Japan, and then they're like, "Oh, we need some white people. Uh, we'll go to New Zealand." People will think they're American. They'll do American accents and be fine, which is what everyone thinks. But um, yeah, so like, and they they still have got like fan sites, and there's a massive fandom for that stuff still. Um, but yeah, like Milo, um, when he auditioned, like he was just perfect. Like he um, he was just like had that sort of funny sort of nervous demeanor you know that sort of sort of awkward um which I just loved and it, he, he was one of those actors same as Daniel Radcliffe like when I cut the film it ended up being the first take almost every time like he would just the first take would be the best and I, I'd get second takes for safety but I'm just like 
like dude you're just so good and and he, he's one of those actors would just go extra like he would you know he would give you what you were asking for and then just you know he'd do something like fall over in a silly way or just do something like crazy or say something weird um kim um was like i knew kim she, she was a celebrity here from like being on our only soap opera uh, it's like a hospital drama called shortland street um it's funny because when um she like flew herself from the states from la to new zealand to be in a film she thought she was going to be like the cult leader woman that um like gets her top off at the end yeah and so and she she thought that was she was cast for that and so she flew over for like the, the, the role of the, like the cult woman and so i met up with um uh kim i mean she's the she's just so awesome I met up with her in this cafe and we were just chatting about like the film and stuff and she's like yeah you know i don't mind the nudity thing and i'm like hmm i'm like medina doesn't have any nude scenes and she like, <laughs> she, she mentioned it again she's like yeah you know you know you know the nude scene will be sweet you know just like you know just um and i'm like i couldn't understand why she was talking about this nude scene i'm like Oh, Medina doesn't have a nude scene. She's like, oh, I didn't know. I, I'm I'm the lead because she just thought she was like this, you know, the other actress that you know only had a few lines. I'm just like, oh, that's even better. <laughs> yeah, but that's awesome because that shows how how yeah. down she was to be in anything you were doing, and that's fucking great. No, I should have just went with it. I'm like, oh yes, yes, <laughs> like right, get it. <laughs> get a rewrite real quick. Hold <laughs> on, just put that in the script. But, you know, I I'm not a smart man. Um, but yeah she was awesome like she's totally not a horror kid but she like she'd come into the warehouse that we were filming in and there would just be like tables of all these this gore and body parts and people would bring their kids to like work and they were like um like hitting each other with like limbs and stuff and and kim was like oh my god that's she couldn't actually look at the, the body parts but she was amazing she was just like and all the actors were just totally professional like um yeah i mean it was just um it was yeah just 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 phenomenal um and you know um my favorite cast another casting decision the guy that plays um dion like the nerdy kid he just blew me away in the audition i just i gave him the part as soon as he came and he was just like oh no like he had this sort of like you know um a little bit like a camp um you know play, played him a little bit um gay and then it's interesting this this um gay critic like gave us a really bad review because he's like this character is so homophobic i'm like that's just who he is. He was playing. He, he's just, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, he he decided to play the character that way, and uh, I don't know. I wasn't. It, it, I thought it was amazing. It was um. It was you know that was one of the only reviews that I I was sort of like insulted by because you know the the idea of like me trying to be homophobic was just so be so laughable. But like yeah, it's 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 um it's crazy. It's just uh, just for me. It's just like you know. They just don't get it. <laughs> no, they don't. And and speaking of reviews, I've got one that Variety wrote. And they they said the script does not live up to the vivid splatter effects, which I think is bullshit, but whatever. But the film's consistent, if undiscriminating, high energy engenders it to a certain persuasive goodwill. I think that's a good uh, review. <laughs> I think that means good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's just like that. That whole culture is just so doomed. Like, I think, I think film critics, the whole, it's gonna be dead in a few years because, like, who? And firstly, I never used to read film reviews. I mean, like, I would just go to films. Uh, you know, I, I didn't want to like no spoilers. You know, I, I would if it was what it's always been word of mouth for me. It's like if like one of my friends who I trust their opinions says a film's good and I should watch it, I'll go see it. But like critic culture is just so fucked these days you know you see um 
yeah i mean like the stuff that amazon's doing at the moment with oh, the rings yeah. of power and it's like um yeah i mean i mean critics only are only critics suck man i mean they they, they will they yeah. will try to tear you down because they can't do what you're doing yeah, I mean, the people that like wanted to be film, you know, directors and couldn't, and and, and but this, this, at the same time, I'm not saying that you know there, there are some great film critics, and I, you know, film journalism, I think, and you know, is is you know, there's definitely a need for that somewhere. I mean, I used to be a Fangoria kid, I love, you know, that's the only oh, connection yeah. I had to like the horror world when I was like in New Zealand. That like Fangoria, every time I got Fangoria, you know, I mean, um you know I, yeah i think they sort of went off the rails and then i sort of became they had horror hound at my local um uh dairy that i used to um or like it's like a news agent or a convenience store in america but they used to have horror hound i loved horror hound and then they stopped bringing it in and i can't get it oh fuck <laughs> we'll have to send you a couple copies yeah oh dude i love horror hound it's um it really like yeah, for some reason they just sort of nailed the fan culture, and there was some. Um, did it start off as a festival? Because you guys have just been to the festival, right? Uh, it started off as a magazine, right? Okay. And then it, they finally uh, there was there was some complications early on, and then they finally figured out what they were doing, and now it's the Horror Hound Weekend, and they have it twice a year, sometimes three. They also do the uh, the the big Halloween festival in in L.A. with like you know the big stars, and they do they do all the Halloween movies out there, which I believe they're doing again this year. For the like the oh, anniversary, so I, I'm trying to get out there for that, but yeah, we're because so uh, I mean to us geographically, the the people who created Horror Hound are an hour and a half away. Wow! Yeah, that's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's it's a great. I I don't know. I think someone said they gave Death Gasm a bad review. I I never saw it. I I, I would have been yeah, honored if Death Gasm was in the magazine at all. Um, I know Rue Milk didn't like it. No, fuck that. You know what? Here's a great review from the Austin Chronicle. Shamelessly lowbrow, reaching a beer fueled gleeful high with a zombie versus sex toy battle. It's a very it's a very metal tribute to the grand tradition of Kiwi splatter comedies. So fuck yeah. I mean, there's people out there yeah. that get it. Yeah, and and it's the thing is, it's like it's it's only when they sort of I, I think the only thing that I really don't like is when a film reviewer puts their own sort of like spin on on the content or like yeah, and and there's a general like misunderstanding from some critics of of how films even work, but um I don't know I think the culture <laughs> I, I think the culture is just like I, I don't know I can't see it lasting if they're so if they're going to be so disingenuous and like. You know they really have to you know be on side with the fans it's like the voice of the people you know and, and if, if you're so like against the you know i i make films for for everyone you know it's um with guns akimbo there are a few people that like why don't you have like an anti-gun message in there and i'm like well you know lots of my friends um you know shoot guns have gun licenses or in the army a, a police you know are you know like i i you know, not only a position to like judge that, you know, it's um it's gonna be a movie that I want to make a movie for everyone and not like, you know, um batter people about the head with a message. Um just a dildo instead. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you had a question. You know, it 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 was it was crazy, but like I, th I think, especially the last few, the last two nights, we're shooting all the stuff in the in the house, the Ricky Daggett's house, where the finale, like all all the um, demons get killed. Um, it was so claustrophobic. There was like 
this t- it was a tiny little house it was owned by these christian people and like someone didn't um they actually it was going to be torn down and they had a farmhouse like oh, yeah. uh, about a few hundred meters up the road and for some reason no one told them what we were up to so like you know and you know what like a um, hot set is it's when you like leave the set as as it was to start filming the next day they left like Gore body parts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Like hail, hail Satan pentagrams everywhere. Oh shit! And then the morning before we we left it like they left it like that, and in, in the morning like the um owners came in and almost like you know uh, kicked us out because they were so offended by all the gore. You look like they didn't burn the place down. God. <laughs> Call awesome. in a priest before we're, before they're done here. Holy shit! Mm. So that was the most stressful time. And actually that was the only time where I like th- that night of the last shoot, because it was just, we couldn't. And you can actually tell when you watch the film, the style changes a bit because like the stuff in the uncle and aunt house, there's heaps of like those, um, you know, like um, whip pans and like those, um, you know, push in Dutch angles, you know, uh, Peter yeah. Jackson, Sam, Sam Raimi style, you know, it, it feels, you know, like more what I was going for. And then like, at the end, it's just like, put the camera here shoot Ah. you know we were just trying to get coverage you know there was like three cameras and like 20 like 20 or 30 like people and i was just like you know i'm not like a i get social anxiety with crowds and it's just like so you know trying not to lose my shit and right at the end me and the dop had an argument and like um it's the only only sort of time i sort of like there was a falling out really uh, during the shoot and then the next morning um i came in and like you know gave him a hug i'm like what are we shooting today oh um uh naked girls against the green screen dressed like uh warriors and i'm like <laughs> and, and i'm like and i just cracked a beer that morning and that's all we shot on the last day it was just so good it was just like yeah chicks making out and we, and we put like uh really loud like i can't remember what bands we listened to like megadeth and, and sepultura on really loud in the green screen studio and then that um at night we just got like hammered. Um we all like dressed in like wigs and makeup and like just <laughs> um you know that thing that um it was smoking pot, that gas mask, we we're yeah. using that to smoke pot and <laughs> oh, oh my god, it was it was messy, man. I almost I think I might have slipped in my car and some people like got me out and took me home and oh yeah. shit. It just became like a metalocalypse episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, man. And um yeah, but I was like, I don't know, I, I have you know, there, there was, I have really fond memories of working on it. I, I just didn't care what it came out like. I just wanted to, I'd always read about Toby Hooper and Sam Raimi and, you know, how they just put these films together. And, it, you know, it was low budget and it was crazy. But, you know, I just wanted like a war story. You know, I wanted war stories. I wanted to like, you know, tell people we did this and it was like insane. And and I got those war stories and it's, I, I you know, I think back really fondly to those times. I've got like less fond memories about Guns Akimbo. Um, and I think maybe that sort of like, um, you know, reflected in the, the final outcome of the film. Because Death Gasm feels like, I think a lot of the fun of the film, it feels like people having fun, you know, yeah. um, which is cool. The is- energy is definitely crazy. It's always a 10. Yeah. And you keep it going the whole time. It's great. The soundtrack. The soundtrack. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about the music. Yeah. That's if. Like, if I was making a movie, this would have been the first thing I would have been. Before I even wrote a script, I'd be like, I want to put this song, this song, this song, this song in there. Yeah, as you wrote it, did you, did you know what kind of pieces you were doing? Like, did you, did you like do, like, a Tarantino, Scorsese thing? Like, were you writing to, like, Megadeth or Exodus <laughs> or whatever the fuck? 
I love writing. I love writing songs into scripts, <laughs> and so I was. Um, producers hate that because they just see it as money. They're like, no, this will <laughs> yeah. cost you like. I get no, that. you know. So I think originally I did have like some more mainstream, you know, some Metallica, Pantera, some Sabbath, you know. I mean, because you know, why not? I was just thinking like, you know, oh man, if I get Metallica on the film, it's gonna go wide. You know, it'll, you know, people, it's gonna blow up. But like, you know, I think the soundtrack that we you know because we had no money so it was just like i was approaching artists and just asking them to like donate a track you know i wasn't saying like oh do it for exposure because i didn't know who was going to see it i said just like do it because you love horror and metal and you think it's going to be fun um and i i love the soundtrack because it does sound authentic it sounds like there's a really good mix of like doom metal and black metal and like you know, death metal, um, you know, um, grindcore, like there's a, just a real, a real mix of um, genres in there. And it just feels like, um, you know, it, feel, it feels authentic to me. I mean, I, I you know, I, had, I was begging so many bands. There was like a, it was going to be like another song for the dildo fight scene. It was going to be an enslaved <laughs> song. And I was like, I was trying to ring Norway. I was ringing Norway and, and trying to like get get hold of them. I, I'm not sure. I, I talked to their like manager or someone, and they just she just told me to fuck off. <laughs> oh man, um, just not interested at all. And uh, you know, um, so like I, but yeah, I mean, I'm really happy with the soundtrack. I mean, uh, uh, the biggest thing for me is I got two Emperor songs on there, and like the Nightside Eclipse was like. I've still got the tape of Night State Eclipse. You know, I, it's just like, I just have such fond memories of like, as a metalhead listening to Night State Eclipse of my Sony Walkman. And um, so that was big for me. And and yeah, I mean, it was just, like it was that. just cool. You're at your homage to like the Immortal music video in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Call of the Winter Moon. It's yeah. so good. It's so good. Um, some other guys did a parody of the, the, the Black Satans or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking great, man. The, the soundtrack is probably is one of my favorite parts because it's not every day where you can just like turn a movie on and hear Midnight, Evil Like a Knife, or like oh, you know Nun Slaughters in there. Like that's like some legit shit that I was like totally was like, man, I respect this so much. Yeah. And, my, and I got to like I got to a party with the midnight guys and I was wearing one of their like um executioner masks. Oh, that's sick. Fuck <laughs> Fuck, that's amazing. <laughs> Fucking great. I, I I love yeah, I love that there's this, you know, right now any genre of music you like, there's there's you know, it's big. I that's why I love it. You know, if you love Doom Metal, Stoner Metal, like um, you know, Thrash, there, there's you know, there's a scene. Um it's all there, but we know we haven't talked about the fucking dildo fight scene. <laughs> I'm not getting them out again. So you you don't out. have to. We will insert that from the last episode. <laughs> if you use a screenshot and like pixelate it, it'll, it'll, it'll get more views. Oh yeah. my God. No. <laughs> I think they're falling apart. Oh no. I hate when dicks fall apart. Oh, is it getting gooey? <laughs> oh, that face is not a good one. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there she is. There she blows. Yeah, that, that is a Mandingo, and he's been like, using this. Like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not happy about this. Oh man, you need to put that in the fri in the freezer. Oh, stop it! <laughs> Shaking your shit at us. <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh, no, this is the this is the rabbit. So that was oh, like, gone through the years before. Okay, seriously, how did you come up with this fucking scene? How drunk were you, or whatever the hell you were on, to make you happy that night? And be like, I got a great idea. <laughs> I think it was actually one of the producers that was like encouraging me to put more dicks in the film, and I'm not entirely sure why. That works. Like, <laughs> That's a really big black one. It's a great note. Yeah. Um. 
it's funny because like originally um because we had no money I, I sent someone off to go buy the dildos and they came back with these like tiny a tiny little thing of like i don't know if a trainee anal beads but they're like, they're like oh my god like it was <laughs> pathetic first like, timer you, you know i you know i was you know i i, I i'm not a very yelly director but i that was my moment it's like no no this this does not this cannot do we need like real big like we need like the biggest like fucking um you know floppy <laughs> double-ended and i was like i referenced that movie of jennifer colony like that movie there we you know the uh, oh yeah <laughs> for a dream ass to ass, ass, we to need ass. That one. <laughs> um, and and so yeah ended up like and it was funny because the biggest dildos we could find were actually from a gay um sex shop so i don't know it's like awesome. i thought just like you know normal ones would just would have all the stuff but like we yeah we for some reason i, I think just men are just like you know just more wild you know they've got an extra yeah. level of like i don't know like would oliver stone have these dildos on set <laughs> respect for any man that could fucking take that because jesus christ like, it was like um, i know a few. i think in germany they had even bigger this is the weird thing about germany is a sick place and i love it it's um where i landed <laughs> in the berlin airport for the first time i went to germany and i went to the men's toilets in an airport right go into the stall and there's like in the stall there's like a someone put a porno picture of a woman in there i'm like oh i've never really seen that in a airport toilet before it's kind of odd and then, like, you know, they've got, like, um, dispensing machines in the toilet, sometimes for condoms. In Germany, they had, like, do you know what a travel pussy is? <laughs> We're getting ready to find out. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a um, little thing that you, like, like wank into. Um, and, and it's, like, a little bag that you wank into. And then, like, um, like it's called a travel pussy. Yeah, you can buy those in a vending machine in a German airport. Like these are they're, they're sick fucks. And how I, long, I love how them. long are the layovers at a German airport? <laughs> <laughs> how long is the layover? <laughs> it's like, man, I gotta fuck something. <laughs> my DOP, like um, my German DOP for um, uh, Guns Akimbo. Like, he, there's this place called the Kit Kat Club, which I think is quite famous in um, yeah. Berlin. And um, he he went there and like. He um he looked up the staircase and there was like a group of men like looking down on him like like wanking like it was like man he should have he, he said he should have bought an umbrella that day yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a, probably a hot guy <laughs> oh, nice oh it's gone it's gone off the rails sorry just just cutting like more um yeah uh but you know I it, it's it's weird because um yeah it's another one of those things where I thought you know hopefully the scene's funny and people seem to seem to dig it you know it's um it's extremely memorable it's one of those yeah. scenes like that you they're in movies like that's the, that's the great thing like whether you realize it or not you, you yourself but we do is like when we watch movies these those scenes that are not going to be forgotten and that's one of them yeah and thank you so much for <laughs> giving us this fucking insane battle yeah. battle dildo scene because right. they don't have anything else to fight demons with and shit yeah. <laughs> um and yeah so a part of the and so part of the thing with like you know because thinking about the sequel it's like how do we outdo that how, how do we go bigger and so like yeah there's one scene that like um every distributor i've talked to is like you know, these are people that put out like Serbian film and stuff, you know, and, and it's like, well, we've got to talk about the scene because like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But no, it's it's still it's still funny. Like it's still it's still the thing was with Deathgasm is you've got to like you've got to choose a tone and stick with a tone and like um yeah. Um you've got to know when it's going with horror comedy, you don't want to um depress people ever. So it has yeah. to be, you know, um it can be dark, but it still has to be like funny, 
Um, a lot of people have said, like, you know, how he cuts off his um, that bully walks in, he's like, What the hell? When Brody cuts his head off, everyone be like, Oh man, that's too you made me hate the character. I'm like, Dude, I mean, <laughs> no, it was it was it was great because uh, Zach sitting there, like, he wasn't a zombie. He's like, No, you heard him. He said, He said something about killing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just the straight face. But then, and then, and what was it? The uh, the was it the scene right before that where like uh. Brody comes out and Zach has piled the bodies on top of each other, and he's just like, "They were there when I found them." <laughs> and that's how, yeah, just little, little, little comedy beats like that that sort of make it, you know, a little less, a little less graphic. I that's guess. true. Yeah, you got to simmer down a little bit before you go boom. Yeah, I do have one thing I wanted to ask you: what it was like to direct? Was it? I can't. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I probably do, but Stephen Err. Oh yes, yeah. So he, uh-huh. I mean, he's one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite character actors. I love him in Lord of the Rings. I love him in like Immortal Engines. He's like you know he's in Hercules and Xena. I've yeah. got his action figure from you know <laughs> from Lord of the Rings in the other room. So I mean that guy is fucking awesome, and I mean hopefully he was cool to work with. He was phenomenal, and he was also the old man in um X. And, uh, recently, oh, sure, which yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know until the credits. Like it was so because the makeup was so good. Like um uh so yeah he was like I just loved him I loved that character and he just um I think he just chose he made a decision like he came up with like the sort of Cockney British you know spinal tap sort of accident he sort of looked like um he looked like Iggy Pop that had been out in the sun too long oh yeah I mean he's fucking Grizznak yeah. yeah. meets back on the menu boys alright that's one of those lines you don't forget yeah. and, you know, and he's in your movie it's like fuck that's awesome man yeah that's amazing I'm, I'm a massive fanboy and, and yeah so he, and, but he was just so great but he was like he's sort of like really um, his, I think it's like he's got really delicate skin like for some reason his skin's like paper and the, so, like the first time that he swung the baseball bat, like his skin just started ripping off, and they're like, "Oh!" And someone's like, "Dude, he, he can't do the stunt, like, um, because his, his skin's just coming off. We're taping it back on." I'm like, "What?" Um, so that's why um we did some of that scene in like sort of um POV to camera. So um I don't know if anyone notices like uh the perspective sort of changes at one point, but that was just so because he couldn't swing the baseball bats as. as we were like worried his hand was gonna fall off. I don't know what was happening. Um, yeah, but you know, really, really nice guy. And just like it's one of those times when you're just like watching behind the monitor and you're like, fuck, this is gold, this is gold. And you know, I, I, my only notes were like, why don't we try one even crazier, even crazier? And like, because he was just doing so much wild shit. Wow, that's fucking nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we're going to end up like winding this down just a little bit. We're going to go through, and we want to know what what do you have right now? What's going on? I mean, Monsters of Metal seems like it's going to be like. I mean, what I've seen is like awesome. Um, it's kind of hard for me to get a hold of right now, but wh- what is it? Can you explain it to our listeners and viewers? Monsters of yeah. Metal. So it's like it started off as a comic, but now it's you know we're, we're like already like you know in talks for for the film and um, oh shit. But it's like bas- basically like we've got. Um, you know the, the the classic monster mash monster squad lineup of, of monsters and they're, they're basically um you know what if you know what do you do if you're like um just sitting around dracula's castle all day well what if they've gone to metal why not and so like um they, they basically like 
you know, um, go on tour, everyone thinks they're the next like Slipknot or Ghost or, you know, Kiss. That It's just like makeup, you know. I think there's a comment in one of the, the panels, like um, I heard Tom Zabini did the makeup effects, you know, for, the, for this character. So, um, but yeah, it's like just that combination of um, the classic universal style monsters and, and metal just felt. So I think of it as, you know, like, you know, the Monster Mash, the song, it's like a heavy, heavy metal Monster Mash. Um, right uh and, and it's it's just so much fun like the characters like um it's got a bit of a spinal tap twist to it as well like um like there's a documentary crew filming them you know like anvil spinal tap or metallica um and it's a really good way because it's like you know just a one-off comment comic at the moment it's like how do you get people to know the characters like in the first few pages so we've got this like they're talking to an interviewer and um yeah, I mean, I I, I love it. It's it, they really like just gave me license to do whatever I wanted with with it, and um um it's been fantastic. Uh, Lexi Leon at um Incendium is just a phenomenal guy. He does like a lot of these. He did like Iron Maiden comics and video games and um all the like evanescence. Evanescence, <laughs> evanescence. Um, it, it, but yeah, uh, disturbed. He's done all these amazing like um metal comics, um heavy metal comic. You know, the, the, based on the the um the magazine and the film. Um, oh no, he did like a merchandise range for those. Uh, Bill and Ted. Um, so like he's he's just like a metalhead, um, horror hound, just like me. And he's just like you know, let's do some shit together. So. But just just incredible. Um, he came up with the original concept for the for the Monsters of Metal as well. It was like based on like, you know, he sort of just sort of set it up and like he had like um concept art for the characters and he's just like and go. So it's <laughs> sort of like, what where do I go with this? But um, yeah, I mean like the the characters, you know, there's like a bit of a sort of you know they're a dysfunctional band. There's a bit of a Fleetwood Mac thing where like there's a breakup in the band and like they sort of like hate it. You know the, the bride and um, Frank Frank who's like Frankenstein's monster like kind of like um, you know um, they broke up and now uh, yeah there's a lot of friction there. Oh, um, no. Bride bride I sort of based on like you know like Courtney Love. She's just like this. She's fucking like she's the she's the girl that starts the barroom brawl like throws the first glass. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just I think anyone that loves, um, you know, heavy metal and 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 horror and the classic monsters is, is going to really dig what we where we've gone with it. And um, it's you know, um, I think we're going to release some panels soon to to show you know, um, people what it's about. But um, yeah, it's it's been um just so fun doing. So when is that? Is that actually been released yet? When what's the deadline on this? Uh, late October, so near Halloween. Okay, that's um, so uh, yeah, uh, pre orders are out now, and um, yeah, um, I, I think uh, uh, Lexi just told me it's selling like phenomenally well. I mean, and it's like you know, I think that's given given you know so much confidence behind like you know let's do a movie. You know, it's like you know, and and for me having a chance to like, oh, what's my take on a vampire? What's my take on a werewolf? You know, I I used to you know. I've obviously I've been done to death, but there's a lot of fun to be had, like working with those um archetypes and putting my own spin on it. And obviously it's gory as hell as well. Yeah. It's not gonna be like Tom Cruise and the mummy. It's gonna be good. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no, now mummy remind goes me. Goes goes. <laughs> well, what are they calling it? The universal uh the universal universe. Expanded universe. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Wow, what a mess. What a fucking mess. Uh, what else do you have going on right now? 
Um, yeah, so working on that, just like um, got a few other, few other films which were like just in like the stages of um, you know, casting for at the moment, which which is um, yeah, I mean one of them shooting in the states in um, what's the state of New Orleans? City of New Orleans, Louisiana, Louisiana, yeah, yeah, Louisiana. Um, so that's um, yeah, um, potentially shooting there. Hopefully, as soon as possible. We're just like um, going out to cast at the moment, and and but it's um fun. It's like it's um my take on like a classic like um holiday like calendar slasher movie. You know, from that from the eighties. But um, my take on it. It's um oh, that's, oh, that's that's yeah um you know uh really really fun for anyone that can guess what holiday it is or but it's it's um yeah i can promise it's going to be like um yeah the, the concept art's amazing and um yeah and like the idea of like shooting something in the states is is um you know really appealing to me I've, i haven't left new zealand since the the covid thing kicked off i had like I had plane tickets to Brazil to, to go to this festival, um, just as like the lockdowns happened. Oh, uh, so I'm I've got cabin fever down here, um, and yeah, just like um, I, I'm, I've just been writing a lot of short stories at the moment as well, um, which has been really cool. Just you know, just um, being able to like you know, just sometimes just you know, writing like ten pages, just a, a story that's ten pages long. Some are longer, but just um, yeah, just just you know um having having fun with different mediums writing comics has been like a different you know it's a skill which takes you know you have to flex different creative muscles which was challenging but also a lot of fun and yeah i'm just i feel really blessed to be able to do what i'm doing and just you know have fun and hopefully people have fun you know uh reading or watching or yeah <laughs> yeah it sounds like you're living our dream yeah <laughs> sounds great absolutely so yeah to... no, I mean, it's, it's it is it is fun and um yeah <laughs> we have to ask about deathgasm too because the scene where it was in production then out of production then possibility is there is there a script written is it am i just reading internet bullshit like what is it Oh, there might be some news uh, coming really soon, actually, um, around there. I can't really say any more, but yeah, um, you know, it won't be any surprise to people that I'm really down for it. And, you know, the, the only way it'll happen if it's the same actors again, because like it, you can't really sort of recast those roles, I think now. And um, but, you know, the old, the idea of them being like sort of, you know, older and a bit washed up is kind of appealing and, and oh, you know, yeah. kind of funny to me. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um uh, you know, again, it's like it's one of those things that you know you want to go bigger and and sort of outdo the last film. But at the same time, I think the reason why you know people dug Deathgasm wasn't because of the budget; it was because you know it had the heart, and people people will forgive like you know something for being rough around the edges. Like you know, um, you watch the original, like you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Evil Dead. You know, they're rough around the edges, but um, just you wouldn't change them. You wouldn't you wouldn't like try and go and like recut them or, or, you know, make changes, you know, they're, they're perfect how they are. And um, yeah. Yeah. That's all we could hope for Please as a fan and as a metalhead, don't, yeah. Don't polish it up, man. <laughs> no, I mean, like I'm just, I, I was, um, I was trying to convince like Peter Jackson's company to let me do like a bad taste sequel because I'm like, you know, dude, it's, um, you know, I had some, I wrote like bad taste fanfic when I was a kid. Like I had this, um, <laughs> I wrote, I wrote the story and it was like, it was bad taste like you know the guys in bad taste versus predator because that was my other favorite film at the time i loved predator <laughs> oh my god and, um and so i just thought there was a cool mashup of like you know derek you know <laughs> like trying to like fight the predator and um 
but yeah um i don't know i sort of wish peter jackson would go back to making like a, a he can't do it now because he's like a billionaire i mean how can you you can't you can't make a splatter movie when you're a billionaire you have to make it low budget it, it has to be you know a little bit schlonky i think we all like that like i got what, what could we like just give him like twenty thousand dollars and just be like just make a scene. Just make see, a scene. See man. what you can do with it. Right? Yeah. You know, Peter Jackson, please, brother. We love your stuff, but like there's nothing like 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 the Frightener still has that feeling, like, but it has that whimsical sort of like you know, obviously it's Robert Zemeckis and you know, you've got Danny Elfman's music, but like it still has that 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 feeling of dead alive. Like like with the with yeah. just, just where it's shot. You can just tell, you can feel it. It's great. Oh. Do you know the, uh, the place they shot, like, um, the hospital massacre that was done in this um, haunted nunnery? Like, this place was, like, oh, literally... Shit. I ended up filming there, um, and, like, I took a guy in to, like, um, put up some props. It was for a short film. And I came back. This is during the day. He's, like, sitting outside, and I, I'm, like... He's, like, I, I fucking... I, I saw a ghost. I'm not going back. He just refused to go back in there by himself. Um... But yeah, they tore they tore it down. It was this abandoned um, nunnery, which um, turned into like an art school. But it's um, it's a real shame. We used to have like lots of asylums in, in, in this town where like you just go film like crazy, um, uh, you know, horror films. I once we, we went location scouting to this asylum, and the caretaker was like, you know, just telling us about it. it's like blowjob over there. I caught them. <laughs> he like caught, he caught, he caught these like, um, like these teenagers, like, like someone giving someone a blowjob outside this asylum one night. He's like, over there, caught them. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just um, gentrification and the, the the price of land is just like they've just torn all those places down. So it's uh, it's a real shame. That does suck. Yeah. Well, really, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show, uh, guys. Do you have any more questions? Before we let him go. All right, I got to ask because it's. Oh, here uh, we go. I've read this in a couple places. Is <laughs> it true that if you play Deathgasm Muted to Iron Maiden's li- Live After Death, and you, it syncs up that you edited it that way? No, not at all. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> see, I didn't, I didn't think so because I was, when I was rewatching the movie the other day, I was like, this won't work. Yeah. IMDb lied to me. <laughs> see, it's great because I was going to ask the same question because it says, uh, this, was, this was on, your, on the IM, IMDb because it says that the filmmakers have yet to comment. On this, so we are the first. I, I wish I was. <laughs> it was based on that legend about like you know Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, and um yeah. and uh, the Wizard of Oz, and it's like, I think if you get stoned enough, uh, they you know because I tried it with the Wizard of Oz as well. I, I think if you get stoned enough, like you, um, me and my friends used to get stoned with the TV on mute and listen to music and would like, oh my god, they're like singing, they're saying the music. Like at certain points it looks like they did that. But it's um I, I like that people think that um we were in any way competent enough to edit a film and also edit to like this um Iron Maiden uh was it live after death uh yeah live after death live after yeah. death, yeah. yeah. The, the other one is the uh, the Cannibal Corpse connection, then in which way several characters' demons die contain the references to the song Hammer Smashed Face. I was like, yes. Ow! So that's true. That's totally true. I'm a massive um, Cannibal Corpse. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like Hammer Smashed Face. Like, um, I, I covered that with my band once. It was, uh, it was yeah, we sounded terrible. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, I. I come from like the you know the early '90s where a lot of people don't remember the early '90s like Florida death metal boom, yeah. and it's like obituary, morbid angel, cannibal corpse, um, death. I think death were from Florida as well, yeah. right? Maybe. 
that I mean, that was for, for like this brief moment. Death metal was like just the biggest metal genre, and um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I love those guys. And um, oh yeah, we yeah. were part of that scene here. Yeah, absolutely. We're old enough and remember that time when it was happening. It was uh, crazy. It was. Um, I can't imagine anything. I, I just don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, it's just so. That music was so extreme. It, me and my friends would just read the lyrics and like laugh. And, you know, oh, it's fucking. It's great. It's like fantasy. And it's when people take it too serious, they're ridiculous, man. I, I never understand that. I mean, I get it as a kid. You're angry. You're pissed off and depressed. But like when you get it, like you should understand. This is a fucking joke. It's like a movie. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. They're, they're painting a fucking picture. You, yeah. You think Chris Barnes actually wants to eat some fucking kid's ass like Albert Fish? <laughs> no, motherfucker. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. It's a fantasy of with an angry kid. That's all it is. It's great. And, but, and we're living in a time now where like being shocked is like, you know, it's bad to be shocking these days because, you you know, you're meant to like, um, you know, like being shocking is a bad thing. But back then, like being shocking, you know. Like you wouldn't have someone like Marilyn Manson being like this this big star these days, you know. But like back then, people you know people were like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it just depends on the person who's in that that realm. Like we're all we understand that it's it's a fantasy. You know, I actually people who know me personally know I absolutely hate real violence. I don't like it. Like when I get into fights, I hate that kind of shit. Like I love the artistry involved. I love the like I love people who make all of that stuff happen. Like I have friends who are like, hey man, check out this fucking somebody's knee has been cut cut off. I'm like, I don't want to see that shit. Yeah, man. I don't want to yeah. see it. <laughs> I love the fantasy. I'm I'm a vegetarian for ages. I'm just like oh, I nice. my, my dad was a hunter, and I just I had this thing about killing animals. I just um I don't know. I just but um I love I love like make believe gore. I sort of yeah um i think my friends used to be on like was it the rotten.com or whatever like um yeah, when we were yeah, young i remember that yeah oh god yeah <laughs> yeah gross when you when you grow up you get like this i think it's like a paternal thing maybe you just start you know you don't have the stomach for that stuff anymore and like um yeah <laughs> yeah well there was a time in my life when i nothing phased me and actually made me sad like i could watch the most extreme like horror film and oh, it didn't yeah. phase me so it took me a while to actually get back to where I like jump scares and like things affected me because I got angry at myself. I was like, well, you know, instead of being like the badass, like nothing phases me, that actually made me upset that I didn't, yeah. it wasn't entertaining anymore. And I hated that rough bullshit exterior that I had there for like a few years. I was like, no, 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 no. I, I need to go back and like watch Cannibal Holocaust and hate this fucking movie, but understand what he's trying to say at the same time. I don't know. There's so many things you can do when it comes to the horror genre. And you, you being a part of it is such a big fucking deal for us. And we just want to know how much we appreciate your films. Yeah. Um, even though, even though it might be called Heavy Metal Apocalypse here and yeah. at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of every podcast, Dave does a question, and we're going to ask you first. Oh man, I don't, I don't know. even know what it is. I don't really have one. This motherfucker, way. you better <laughs> make right. it up. What's the worst way? To, what's the worst way to get killed by a dildo? Go. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I know he does this to me all the time. Here, I'll go first. Punctured lung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think like imagine being like slowly bludgeoned with it. You know that um like that short film with the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> or, like if, if you if you're just getting whacked with it all day and just the humiliation. Oh my god! Like the Thai Chinese water torture or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, that. <laughs> I was tripping out at this party and this guy had this big dildo and he kept poking my face and it was just horrifying. <laughs> like it was just the worst. 
Oh no, no! I really slowly, over a course of a few years, just being like sort of humiliated and like just slightly tapped with it. And that's why you're the writer because that that's horrifying. That's horrifying. That's why you're the writer. Ace, what's yours? Uh, Right through the eye. (laughs) Right through the eye. Yeah, like Fulci style. Oh my god. Fulci through the eye. I was just gonna say, you know, cannibal holocaust. <laughs> Actually, if the dildo came to life like like a big thing of semen from like uh, what Chillerama and ate me, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like a giant dildo. It's just like, Rah! yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad I could make this awkward for everybody. Oh, you nice. did, motherfucker. There'll be a fetish somewhere, I bet. Oh shit. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Um, and when you're in the states, maybe we hopefully maybe we'll send you. Let us know, and we'll send you an email. Maybe we can like pay for you to come up here and hang out, and maybe we'll do a showing of Deathgasm. Yeah, fantastic! I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, no, we we love having you on here. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, Dave's going to do his little routine. Anybody have anything to say? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm Don't good. look at me like I'm that. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I got nothing else. I'm All tired. Right, it's been Dave, a long day. Take us out of here. Thank you for all of our listeners. You can find us on Anchor FM, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Verbal.com, wherever you're listening to us right now, YouTube, Facebook, and... Uh, OnlyFans. Uh, only, only what? Not yet. No, no, not yet. Not all right, yet, not that's it. And it. we are not banned in 37 countries. We just gained, we gained Poland, Peru, Sweden, and Slovenia. Slovenia. Fuck yeah. How about yeah. that? Isn't that great? <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. We're going to get out of here. I'll see everybody later. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.